Hey everybody, uh, this is Matt and Dara, and uh, welcome to the He Said We Said podcast, where we just dig into life and God's Word as husband and wife, man and woman, and talk about it. So, are you ready to start? Yes, let's go. We're going to start. Okay, so this is our first episode, and um, we're starting this podcast off by going through a devotional called "The Chosen Forty Days with Jesus." Babe, you turned me on to this. Uh, I thought it, that watching The Chosen was going to be like every other uh, cheeseball Christian uh, television show or mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and it was pretty cool. But like in a nutshell, for people who haven't seen The Chosen, what what was the biggest thing you loved about watching that? I, I loved how it didn't – yes, it focused on Christ. But it talks about and it explores what he did in the lives of those he touches, the disciples – how he just impacted the world around him and just every life he ever touched. I thought that was cool too. Like we don't get a lot of the story with like, how could it have been? I know that the series has a lot of like conjecture, right? Absolutely. Like, this is what it might've been like for, you know, who Matthew might've been slightly like uh, um, uh, on the spectrum uh, with some OCD or something along those lines, or <laughs> the way Peter was like uh, pretty aggressive, which we see a little of in the Bible, but a little, okay. <laughs> but like the, I thought I thought it was cool too, like that every movie about Jesus always culminates in him getting killed on the cross, and the chosen season one uh, really only focused on those relationships. So I thought it was cool too. So um, here's for those listening, here's how we're going to do it. Uh, Each week we're going to take turns reading the little devotional, which is short. There's a prayer focus. So we're going to read that. We're going to pray with you. And then we're going to, we're just going to talk through these questions the way that we do normally. And like, we've been married now for like a month. Just over a month because we started this the day after. That's true. So 40, this is how you know wives remember days way better. Uh, But we've been together for three years plus now. Mm -hmm. And um flying back and forth for three years and and we've been together for married for a little over a month and we did this starting the day after our marriage Mm -hmm. and it was super cool so um a lot of times i think i don't know people in relationships don't dig into god's word together like even if they're both christ followers they do it separate so this has been pretty cool for me i think just doing god's word together has been one of the things that's kept us strong oh for sure i think too like what's kind of cool for me is like when we wrestle with stuff in the bible like seeing our different perspectives because we both came to faith at different times we both had different journeys walked i walked away you know came back um but to see like you know we've both been taught different things scripturally right Uh, every church uh with the best pastors in the world are doing their best to take what they've learned and you know, uh, really try and bring that home into how that means everyday life should be now. But everybody's trying to interpret God's word the best way they can. So it's been cool for me, like to hear. Especially now. Oh, dear God in heaven. <laughs> yes. Now it's been cool for me to hear like your perspective on stuff, though, as we've looked at Bible verses where we've just seen them completely differently, like focused on different points in it. Well, absolutely. We come into it with our own personal history. Our own perspective be- of, is different between being a male and a woman. We look at things differently. And we've had those conversations over different things that I would I would worry about. And I've had to worry about. And you're like, that would never occur to me. 
Yeah, that's that's so true. Actually, I I think uh, for for those of you that um, listen to this, and we hope you dig it. Uh, our our hope is for you to be able to see that uh, as husband and wife, or even if you're not married, but you've got a significant other, and you're you know you're you're building that relationship to look forward to a future together. Like you said, one of the things that really strengthened us was like we've in the three years apart, we spent time like doing devotionals and uh, reading them together and talking about them together. And, and hopefully this show will help other people realize that when you, when you go to the word together as a couple, you're going to learn not only like, are you going to strengthen your faith in God's word, just going to learn things about each other Mm -hmm. that will strengthen your faith as a couple together not just as two individuals. So absolutely. My faith to, says a lot about who I am. So to know me is to know who I see God as and what my relationship with Christ is. Right on. And so, yeah. And obviously being that uh, I'm perfect in everything that I do, uh, for those of you that can't see the eyes that just got rolled towards me, <laughs> the other thing that hopefully you guys will get from this for anybody who listens is that uh, reading God's word, or doing a devotional doesn't make you perfect at following Jesus. It doesn't mean you think, oh gosh, I've got this all figured out. So uh, we're just like a regular everyday couple who loves Jesus and is trying to follow his way and uh, trying to help our kids know that and uh, trying to be an example in the world. So sometimes we're going to suck at it. Sometimes we might uh, we might not do it right, probably more often than not. But uh, hopefully this will inspire you to dig deeper yourself. Absolutely. And today we get to dig into day one of The Chosen. So here's how it's going to go. One week I'll read it, one week Daryl will read it, and then we'll just uh, ask the questions and we'll wrestle with them. And hopefully when you hear those questions, you at home will hit pause and wrestle with them yourself. Maybe write it in a journal if you're doing this on your own. If you're uh, with your significant other, just pause and talk about them and then go back to it. Uh, So... Let's get started on day one. So day one is called Before, and it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's from Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verse 1. Every follower of Jesus has a not-so-great before, a rash, brash fisherman, a pious, fancy-pants religious leader, a thieving, indifferent to suffering tax collector, a demon-possessed woman so insignificant that her before isn't even recorded, and we're left to surmise what it might have been. And yet God calls people into the before when they aren't even aware that they're simply broken versions of themselves. God calls people before he begins his transformative work on redemption because he sees past the before to what he purposed and planned. He sees past the before to those he loves enough to call his own. Take Israel, for example. Isaiah prophesied over God's chosen nation. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Uh, not during the time of obedience, but during their rebellion, a time filled with idol worship and wandering hearts and intense callousness to sin, not to mention all the painful consequences that they were experiencing as a result of their choices. It was spoken long before their repentance. I have called you by name. You are mine, he continues in verse 1. When Isaiah spoke those words, Israel was rebelling against all God had done for them and all he wanted to do. But God didn't turn away. He showed mercy. He spoke his love over his chosen people, claiming them as his own before they agreed to be. He entered into the before. God speaks what's true over us too. His plan of redemption 
is on the march because he has called us by name. Our choices don't derail his. What we see when we look in the mirror doesn't determine what he sees or who will be by his hand. And so our brokenness doesn't alter his plans, nor do circumstances, other people, or our own choices determine our value. Our value is assigned by the one we belong to. So we don't have to fear. Fear not, you're not who you're going to be. Fear not, God can redeem your choices and use them for good. Fear not, God can heal your heart, your body, your relationships. Fear not, you were made for more than what you've experienced so far. Fear not, this is only the beginning. Every follower of Jesus has a not-so-great before, but every follower of Jesus also has an after. The rowdy fisherman became the bedrock preacher of the early church, healer of the sick and lame, and fearless unto death. The leader of impersonal religion became personal friends with Jesus. Finally, understanding and being changed by the scriptures, he devoted his life to studying. The tax man trader became a member of the elite 12 and author of the first gospel of the New Testament. And the woman? The woman too insignificant to even have her before recorded was so precious to Jesus that she became the first person he appeared to after he rose from the dead. The first one to hear his tender voice and the first witness of the culmination of all he claimed to be and do. And she got to tell the boys. Prayer focus. Thank the Father for knowing your name and calling it, for identifying you as his. Thank him for redeeming you from your before, then ask him to help you through any remaining challenges. Hey, we're going to pray over you, and then, uh, and hopefully you will say this prayer as well with us. So let's do that. Father God, we thank you so much for knowing our name and calling us, calling our names, and for identifying us as yours. Thank you, God, for redeeming us from our before and everything that we've been and everything that we've done. And Lord, help us through any challenges that we're going to have in our lives, because we know there are some out there, but we know we can get through them with you. So in Jesus' name, we pray this together, and we pray it over everybody listening. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about these questions, babe. What parts of your before has God redeemed, and which are you most grateful for? Well, first of all, my entire life he has redeemed me from. Um, Fair. (laughs) um, But what am I most grateful for? I am most grateful for the fact that he has shown me truth about who I am. I used to think that I was worthless. I used to think that I was unworthy. I would think that I was unloved. I would think that I was my behavior, which was being a liar, just not being a general good person. And he has shown me his truth. He has shown me I am loved. I am important. I am redeemed. I am his daughter. And Mm. that right there is like the strongest knowledge I have and who I am. And the most, the thing that I'm grateful for the most is he clarified my identity because of who he calls me and says I am. I love that. I know for me, like one of the things that just always stands out is like, my before, I I looked at people as their value was dependent on what value they had for me, you know, whether it was business or personal relationships. A lot of the time, 
my willingness to be in any type of relationship with somebody, whether it was to do business with them or to get to know them in a networking context or, or in a personal context, it was always because I wanted something. And if I didn't think there was a benefit to me, then I saw it as like, you know, I'd always use that you're, you know, the five people you hang around the most, you know, that's your future. And I would use that as a, almost as a reasoning to go, well, this person doesn't have value because they're not going to make my future better. Mm. Uh, so I would say that's probably the part I'm most grateful for is now like I see, I see value in everybody, even the people like I dislike, I know they have value to God. So even though when I go, I don't like this person or I don't like their behavior or I get upset with them, it's like, you know, but God loves them and he loves them for a reason because they have value and that value, maybe it's not for me to see or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I feel, I, I really love that. Um, I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you, I mean, you know, now I actually think people are like, I like, I, I think they're all valuable. Like, you know, when we see tragedies in the news or in social media, it's like, that's one of God's children. No matter no matter what's going on, no matter if what they did was horrible, God doesn't want to see you know a life loss like this. So uh, everybody's got value, even the even the people that you know we might look at and go, what they did is crazy. And uh, and it's I will say since that change, you know, now when I see people go, well, they got what they deserved. I'm like, oh, that might be a repercussion that they should have known could be possible, but should never celebrate someone getting that, you know, I versus before. Every day I never got what I deserved. Oh, amen to that. Um, this, this, so part of the scripture that we read says, I have called you my name, you are mine. So thinking about that though, when God says, and for those of you listening, feel free to pause this, wrestle with it yourself before listening to what we think about it. But how does I have called you by name, you are mine, impact you today, my wonderful, beautiful wife? Um. And I think you learned this about me early on. And I've just kind of said this. My identity now is found in who God says. He's called me. Christ saved me. He has showed me I am worthy. I am showed me I am valuable. He has changed me. He calls me daughter. To be called the daughter of the king. There is a power and authority in that that I stand in humbly, unworthy, completely knowing there is nothing I could have possibly done on my very own to make myself deserving of that. But that is how he calls me. That is how he sees me. And I also very much remember when we were dating, I would tell you, you need to go to my father for me yes. you, because that is how much, how valuable I know I am to him. I love hearing that. You know what it makes me think of too? Like it just popped to my head is, is thinking like you said something super strong. That was so powerful to me. You just said, uh, you're the daughter of a king and it's nothing that you've done, you've done to deserve it. And it made me think of the Marco Polo show. You know, when you think of like a royalty, right? Mm -hmm. Like a princess or a prince. Like we're, we're the children of a king. Like a prince or a princess is born and nothing she did made her deserving of being a princess. Like nothing she did, no action she could have taken would make her worthy, you know, at birth, there's nothing she could do to make her be at that station in life where she's basically worshiped by her followers, her people. Right. But only because she's the daughter of the King. Cause I have the privilege of being born into that position. I have the privilege yes. of God calling me daughter. 
that's what that's what I mean. Like it just that just resonated so much louder with me than than it has in previous conversations we've had, because I, like we just watched that recent episode where the you know the one girl was pretending to be the princess mm-hmm. and then the real one came back and it's like how 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 like to lose that that knowledge that station in life like wow you lost everything right like to think of it that way to see her go what I want is to be recognized as the daughter of a king again like so to look at it this way and go wow but now reverse that that's imagine what I'm saying spending like, your entire life thinking you're not even worthy to be a servant yes and then suddenly he's like no here is the truth yeah and there's where I can say my transformation has been so radical because he radically changed my identity I and what it. he calls me I love that and I think a lot of people listening, well, I mean, maybe there's nobody, but if there's like one, <laughs> anybody listening to this, though, has probably had those times in their life where they just feel like they're a screw up. They're not good enough. They just, you know, their life sucks. They, they've they made so many mistakes that they're just like, I'm a disaster. I mean, so to look and go, to realize that from birth, we are, we are the children of a king from the moment we're born. That's who we are. Jesus died. Jesus saved us. From birth, we are God's children. And just sometimes it takes us a while to recognize that. And he formed us. He created us. He gave us life and breath in our lungs. Well, seeing I have called you by name, you are mine. Just the impact on that is just a reminder. Like, I don't need permission to be great in life. I don't need permission to do great things for other people for myself and my family, because I'm the son of the king. I don't have to ask anybody but him for, for favor. I don't, I don't need permission to live up to the destiny that God has for me. And when you think of it that way, you think of like, how great is God? Then it's like, man, how, how could we sell ourselves short on that? So the last question it asks is, uh, what do you fear and how does Isaiah 43 one, this declaration made by God to, to his chosen ones affect your fear? Hmm. I'll let you start that one. That one sucks. <laughs> That's why I let you start. <laughs> I, I know. I, you know, for me, you know, it's what we've you know, been going through recently today. Like my fear is not. Hmm. Not. My biggest fear is just not taking care of my family enough, like to the level they need, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, mentally, the the fear that I have. And and I I logically and I go to God in prayer and then I get reminded that I don't need to be afraid. But the fear that surfaces inside me is that one of have I not done enough? for my child? Have I not done enough for my wife? Have I not done enough for our family? That's the fear that uh, the enemy just likes to to creep up inside me. And in this verse, you know, to say, I've called you by name, it's just a really strong reminder. Like, dude, if I'm going to, if I'm going to call you to be my son, you don't think I got your back? Exactly. Like, so I would say that's what it does. That That's how it affects my fears. Like, doesn't mean I'm not nervous. Doesn't mean I'm not scared, but it means I know God's there fighting the fight with me. And that's strong. It very much is. And we had that conversation just earlier. Yeah. Um, 
but as you were talking, I can't say that I have a fear. Um, God's done a lot of work in me in the last few years to help me overcome my fear. Cause I used to be concerned. I wasn't good enough. And that was something. And especially early on, I, I wasn't good. Cause I knew who I was. I knew what I had done. Mm-hmm. So I was totally unworthy, especially as I started to explore the idea of ministry. And all that comes to mind is the one night that I remember asking and praying to the Holy Spirit, where do, where do I offend you? Where do I hurt you? Where do I fail you? And just the way the grievance, the, the way the heart, the Spirit's heart grieved in the response was that of, me, if my daughter had come to me and said, mom, where do I fail you? Where do I disappoint you? And I, there is nothing my children could do. And that was what I felt. So when it comes to what God speaks for me, what's going on in my life, I just, I don't, I don't have much fear, so to speak of, nice. because I can't do anything horrible enough to undo his love. All right. And there you go. There's your life lesson. <laughs> No, I think that's, I, I love that. I love hearing that. And and I hope that that inspires some other people too, that to realize, look, there's nothing that you can do that would separate you from God's love and from what Jesus did. So uh, hopefully this has been a good episode for people. I and, hope so. Uh, hopefully day two delivered will be uh, something that people dig as well. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Uh, um, you can also email if you need prayer, if you need us to pray Please. for you. Um, you can send an email to he said we said contact. That's he said we said contact at gmail.com and uh, and we'll we'll pray for you. Uh, and if you put in that email, if you want us to pray for you, like, uh, to share it on the, on the podcast, so others can pray for you, please let us know in the email. Otherwise we will not mention your prayers out loud to anybody else. Obviously it'll just be between us and God. So listen, thanks again for listening. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.